This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, and I almost forgot. Uh, I'm also going to need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday. Okay. Rami Maclaw on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Where my people at who lived with their parents till their mid 30s? <laughs> All right, thanks, dude. <laughs> I moved out. Y'all will be happy to know I moved out, and I'm happy to be here on Sunday, Mr. Lumberg. It is Rami Maclaw on the score on a Sunday afternoon. I'll take you right up to Cubs baseball pregame at 5.30. First pitch, 6.08 as they take on the Cardinals. Plenty to get to with you between now and that time. Lester Wiltfong from uh, Windy City Gridiron, editor-in-chief. He'll join me to talk some Bears coming up at 3.40. And James Fox from uh, Future Sox and Southside Sox. That's a lot of rhyming. He'll join me at 4.40 to talk about those Chicago White Sox. And I do have Cubs and Sox thoughts to get to with you at 312-644-6767 throughout the afternoon or drop a line in the text zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Also 312-644-6767. But I, I want to start the, the show off this afternoon with a little Bears talk and, and get in line. At 312-644-6767. Tweet me, at Rami is tweeting, or at 670 to score. And and you, if you heard the crosstalk with Mark Grody, uh, then you know my, my weekday job, my Monday through Friday job, I host afternoons on 1250 AM, The Fan, up in, uh, up in Milwaukee, the score's sister station. And so I've been talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers for the last month. I mean, a lot. Like, I've, I've almost forgotten how to talk about anything into microphones other than Aaron Rodgers. There's been a lot of Aaron Rodgers talk going on up north of the border, as you can imagine. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised Chicago. I, I bleed blue and orange. So I have like one foot on that side of the border and one foot on this side of the border, both in my personal life and in my professional life. And so I hear a, a lot from both sides. And, and Bears fans feeling real good about their quarterback situation right now. And Packers fans not feeling so good about their quarterback situation right now. And I feel like people on both sides of the border are, are getting out their jump, jump to conclusions mats 
and and jumping way, way too far with these conclusions. I want to know how you think Aaron Rodgers leaving would change the landscape of the NFC North and the quarterback position specifically. 312-644-6767. Tweet the show at 670 to score. Tweet me at Rami is tweeting. R-A-M-I-E is tweeting. Because I think Bears fans are getting a little carried away, both both in their and I I hate to do this because I I know I'm 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 sort of all alone on this. Y'all want to be real excited about Justin Fields. And I want to be real excited about Justin Fields. I really do, man. I want to buy all in. I just don't know how everybody forgot how they felt about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy three weeks ago. How did you guys do that? How did you convince yourselves that everything is just okay now because Ryan Pace had a draft that looks good on paper? How did you, how did you pull off that Jedi mind trick on yourselves? And I'm not saying that Justin Fields won't pan out and that you shouldn't be excited. I'm just saying pump the brakes a little bit and also pump the brakes on what you think is going to happen to Green Bay if, if they do have to trade away Aaron Rodgers and that era comes to an end. Because let me, let me, tell, you a little, let me tell you a little story. A young Rami Makloff, still a producer in this business, up there at 12.50 a.m. The Fan in Milwaukee. And I'm working one afternoon on, on what was the afternoon show then, the big show. I'd go on to host that. And news breaks that the Bears have traded for Jay Cutler. Y'all remember this? Go down memory lane with me, would you? And the Packers, well, the Packers had just moved on from the gold jacket quarterback of Brett Favre to hand the reins over to an unproven commodity in a young Aaron Rodgers, who a lot of people had a lot of doubts about. And my friend and co-host of that show, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer during a break, yeah, I work with a guy named Sparky. What about it? I live in Wisconsin. What do you expect? Steve Sparky Pfeiffer comes running into the producer booth during a break after the Jay Cutler trade, and he says... How does it feel to have the best quarterback in the division? And guys, I was glowing. I was glowing. I didn't even know how to answer. I didn't even know how to answer that question because all I had known to that point in my life when it came to Bears, Packers, and especially the quarterback position was pain. It's all I knew to that point in my life. And I, I really... I really thought things were about to change. I, believed- I had a chance to meet with Jay 10 years ago in a hotel room in Raleigh, North Carolina. I believed things were about to change. I really did. I thought, yeah, we do have the best quarterback in this division. It's a new era. It's a new day. The sun has risen on the Bears era and the Bears dynasty in the NFC North. Do I need to tell you how that played out? Because here's the reality of it. It's no given that the Bears or anyone else will take over this division from the Green Bay Packers. And again, born and raised Chicago. Don't think I'm coming from north of the border as a Packers fan to tell you how great the Packers are because that's what I want to believe. No, man, I hope what I'm saying is not true or what I'm saying does not come to fruition. I bleed blue and orange. But I'm telling you, I have a foot in that world and I have a foot in this world. And I'm telling you, do not jump to any conclusions. It's no given that the Bears or anyone else will take over the division and certainly no given that the Bears or anyone else 
will have a better quarterback situation. It's not. I'm sorry. And I like Justin Fields, man. I do. But, again, let's take a trip down memory lane. The Packers now twice, twice have scouted and acquired via trade with Brett Favre and in a draft with Aaron Rodgers, scouted and acquired a quarterback that they targeted, that they loved, developed him, coached him up, put him in a system and in an environment and a culture that breeded success, that put that guy in a position to thrive and succeed. And I'm not saying that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers weren't, weren't great quarterbacks coming into this league, but even the best quarterbacks need to be in the right environment to succeed and to blossom. If Justin Fields is the best prospect, the best quarterback prospect in this draft, but he's not handled right, it won't pan out. Better quarterbacks than Justin Fields have been broken by coaches and by organizations in this league. And I hope that doesn't happen with the Chicago Bears. I really do. I hope that doesn't happen with the Chicago Bears, but that's the track record that we have with the Packers. And should they turn things over to Jordan Love, again, a n- nobody knows anything about him, an unproven commodity. We don't know what his future is. But they have the track record I just laid out. What's the track record of the Chicago Bears? In, in, in scouting, in acquiring, in developing, in coaching, and putting quarterbacks in a position to succeed, in a culture and, and a system where they can succeed in. What's their history of doing that? Nothing. Zero. My whole life. Jim McMahon said this is where quarterbacks go to die. Where quarterbacks go to die. And you can say that, that this, this regime of Bears football has nothing to do with past regimes of Bears football. And what, what does Jim McMahon know about Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and, and what they have going right now inside the halls of Hallis Hall? What, what does Jim McMahon know? But I'm telling you, man, when it comes to the Packers, a lot of the same people are still in the building. They've just climbed the ladder from both of those transitions, from Don Mikowski to Brett Favre and from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, a lot of the people are still in the building. And they have a blueprint and they have a culture there that breeds good quarterbacks. And it goes back three, four decades. We're going on four decades now of them, ha- of them breeding good quarterback play. And not just Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Guys who played behind them go elsewhere and do well. The Bears can't even develop a starting quarterback, much less send guys around this league to go play quarterback at a high level. And I'm telling you, there's got to be something to that. There's got to be something to the culture and to the blueprint that the Green Bay Packers have that the Chicago Bears don't. I hope they figure it out. I hope Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have learned from those mistakes and have figured it out and can do what the Packers have done twice now, and we'll try to do a third time with Jordan Love, which is put a quarterback in position to succeed. People think great quarterbacks just fall from the heavens, that they're just destined for greatness. They land in the NFL and win all the games and set all the records. That's not how this works, man. That is not how this works. 
You ever had Mike Rankin on the other side of the glass, young producer for me this afternoon? You ever had, you ever bite into an apple, a really sweet apple, Mike? And you're like, man, damn, this apple is good. It's a really good apple. You ever, you ever had that experience? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And what you don't think about, I'm sure you don't think about this. None of us think about this. It's like, what led to this apple being so damn sweet and delicious, right? You don't think about that. You just take the bite of that apple and you go, damn, this is, this is the sweetest most delicious apple I've ever had, right, Mike? You don't think about that. See, that's a that's a really good way of putting it because the most recent example mm-hmm. in Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. is, hey, this is a top five pick. This is a number two overall pick. He's a quarterback. The Bears don't do this. Right. This is a talented player. Mm-hmm. But one one year of starting experience, and the Bears, like you've been saying, really don't develop quarterbacks. And I think this does relate to where we're at with Justin Fields. I think the Bears are trying to learn their lessons. They're They're understanding now that, they don't have a Mike Glennon. It's Andy Dalton in the form of Andy Dalton, but it's it's apples and oranges, I think, when you're comparing Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields. Oh, for sure. For right? sure. No, Justin Fields has a much higher higher, yeah. higher ceiling than Mitch Trubisky had when he came into the league, no doubt. The expectations from fans' perspective, though, they but, thought when Trubisky was in, he was going to take over because of the pedigree in which he was selected. Here's Justin Fields, same sort of deal, mm-hmm. right? I mean, w- more optimism towards Justin Fields here, but same sort of situation. I think the Bears want to play it cautious because they can't mess this up again. Stay with me with the sweet, sweet apple yeah, analogy. Will you, will you, Mike? All right. So you take that bite of that apple, and you don't think about how to get this sweet. How to get this perfect, right? You just know it's perfect. You just know it's great. And I think people do the same thing with quarterbacks. They see a great quarterback and they go, man, isn't that amazing? Look at that guy play quarterback. Isn't that amazing? What they don't think about is everything that went into it. And when you grow an apple, when you have an apple tree, it started with the seed. And then it took just the right soil, just the right amount of sunlight, just the right amount of water. I'm not a planter or a gardener, but I'm assuming that there's like fertilizer and plant food that goes into this. And overall, most importantly, a good farmer who oversees this whole process and make sure that this tree grows to its full potential. That's what it takes for a quarterback to be great. It takes all the right elements. It doesn't just happen. They don't no no matter how good they are, when they get to the league, they need the right things around them for them to reach. Justin Fields could be better than Trevor Lawrence. He could be a better seed than Trevor Lawrence. If he doesn't have the right sunshine and water and soil and fertilizer and, most importantly, the right farmer overseeing the process, he'll never grow. He'll never be what he could be. And the Bears haven't shown us the ability to grow quarterbacks while the Packers have done it twice now. And we can all laugh at them. And it's fun as to how they messed up this Aaron Rodgers thing. But I'm telling you, it is no given that that means it's the Bears' turn or anybody else's turn in this division. To have the best quarterback or the best team. At least that's how I see it. Maybe I'm just scarred from working behind the cheese curtain for the last decade and a half. I don't know. How do you think Aaron Rodgers leaving would change the landscape of the NFC North as a whole and at the quarterback position? Am I bringing you down, Chicago? Am I the only one who's not as excited about Justin Fields as the rest of you? And how did you convince yourselves of this? I think it's fair what you're saying because it's not just the offensive line in order for Justin Fields to have time. It's not just the wide receivers next to him for him to make plays or the running scheme. It's the collective. You need the coaches in the room to develop this player, play to his strengths. You need Ryan Pace to understand what needs to be made around him as a collective, a whole team. 
all three phases and all that stuff. Success in football isn't about the individual, right? It's about the collective. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying, that's a wonderful analogy. I, boy, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Good stuff. Thanks. How, would, how do you think Aaron Rodgers leaving changes the landscape of the NFC North? 312-644-6767. Rami Makhlouf with you on 670 The Score on a Sunday afternoon and back right after this. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. We have more from Brian Peruk. Yeah, Dan, just as you mentioned, SunTimes.com reporting the Bears, and I'll read it verbatim, uh, the news alert. The Bears acquired quarterback Jay Cutler today. This is almost too unbelievable to keep going. But right. the Bears acquired, I'm already I'm right. in a haze already, but go ahead. The Bears acquired quarterback Jay Cutler today for number one draft picks in two thousand nine and two thousand ten, a number three pick this year, and Kyle Orton, the Sun Times has learned. Hot damn. Robbie Mackloff, 670 to score on the Sunday afternoon with you, taking you right up to Cubs baseball at 6 o'clock, 5.30 pregame. And you probably, when the Aaron Rodgers report came down on draft day that he was not coming back to Green Bay, you probably had the same reaction as Dan Bernstein. Hot damn! Yeah, we all did. I told you. My host at the time I was producing a show up in Milwaukee comes running into my producer booth after the Packers had handed the reins over to Aaron Rodgers, the unproven Aaron Rodgers at the time, and the Bears had just done what you heard there in that classic clip from Boers and Bernstein and said to me, how does it feel to have the best quarterback in the division? And I thought, really damn good, man. I found out I was jumping to conclusions. We were all jumping to conclusions, and yet none of us learned a lesson because here we all are again jumping to conclusions that A, things will be real bad in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers leaves, and B, that Justin Fields is the second coming and the savior of the Bears organization. And even if he is as good as advertised coming out of college, and I believe he is, it's still going to take the Bears to put him in a position to succeed. Here, here's Matt Nagy talking about doing just that. We got to make sure, meaning myself and our coaching staff, that that um, our, the scenario that plays out is right for Justin and the Chicago Bears. And what I mean by that is Justin has to be ready. Uh, the worst thing that that would that we could do is put Justin into a situation where there's some, you know, where he failed and it, and it's hard for him. Now, is there going to be times where he fails? Absolutely. That's how you learn. But we will know if Justin gives us a better chance to win than Andy does, then that's something that we and myself as the head coach who makes the decision will have to make that choice. Uh, we have a lot of belief with the roster that we have and the players we have that with Andy, we can do a lot of good things. Um, but we also have to be real, and, and be, I have to be prepared for what you just brought up. And as long as we know that whoever that quarterback is, that they're better for the Bears, and if that's Justin, then we'll do that. And no matter whether it's whatever week it is, we will make sure that it's best scenario for Justin and best for the Bears. Matt has spoken to Andy Dalton tonight. That communication and clarity for us is really important. Um, Andy is our starter. Uh, and we're going to have a really good plan in place to develop Justin and, and do what's best for our organization to win games. That was uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, respectively, talking about the development of Justin Fields and saying all the right things there. But when I ask you at 312-644-6767 how you think Aaron Rodgers leaving and, and Justin Fields arriving changes the landscape of the NFC North, as a whole and at the quarterback position, 312-644-6767 or tweet the show at 670 to score. 
What it comes down to is how much faith do you have in those two guys to do what you just heard them talking about right there? How much faith do you have that they're going to do that? And if you have a lot of faith in them doing that, please, 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 for my own mental health and happiness, so I can be as happy a Bears fan as you are, please call me at 312-644-6767 or text and tell me how you convinced yourself of that. How? Because, look, Mitch Trubisky was never going to be a great quarterback. He was never going to be Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. That wasn't going to happen. I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you that, that they, they wasted a great quarterback talent in Mitch Trubisky. But I don't think anybody looks at what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy did with Mitch Trubisky from, from the, the, the environment and the culture that they set to the players that they put around him to the system that they put him in to what they asked him to do versus what they asked him not to do. I don't think anybody can look at that situation and say that they put Mitch Trubisky in the best position to succeed and that they got the most out of him. And other than that, what do we have to go on when it comes to, to, to the scouting, acquiring, developing, and putting a quarterback in the best position to succeed? What do we have to go on? Mike Lennon, how'd that look? Nick Foles, that was great. Were you excited about Andy Dalton before they brought Justin Fields in? I'm guessing no. So while the Packers have a track record of growing quarterbacks, the Bears have a track record of breaking them. And I'll take you back to Jay Cutler again, who I'll say it, I think had Hall of Fame abilities and got broken by the Bears. And not to mention the teams around these guys. Jordan Love, Jordan Love, if he is the starting quarterback of the Packers this year, he joins a team for all the talk. Don't listen to the national talking heads when it comes to this whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Take it from your boy, Rami Makhlouf, who hosts an afternoon show in Milwaukee on 1250 AM The Fan, scores sister station, Monday through Friday. For all the talk about Aaron Rodgers not having talent around him, not having help, let's start on the defensive side of the football, where they're not good enough, but they have a top five, maybe top two cornerback in Jair Alexander. They have a top five edge rusher in Zadarius Smith. They have a top five interior defensive lineman in Kenny Clark. On the offensive side of the football, they have maybe the best line in football. They have maybe the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams. They have a top five running back in Aaron Jones. They have a tight end who led the league in, in, in touchdown receptions last year. Aaron Rodgers had plenty of help in a very good team around him. The Bears went nine and seven last year, snuck into the playoffs. Or did they go eight and eight? I don't even remember. And I don't care. I don't care about that. So you, got the, you got the first ever seven seed in the history of the NFL. Congratulations on the most meaningless playoff appearance ever. So I don't even know that he's joining a better team. And you, you let Kyle Fuller walk this offseason. Or got rid of him. Didn't even just let him walk. I, don't, I feel like a lot of people on both sides, for, for better here on, on this side of the, of the Illinois-Wisconsin border, are jumping to conclusions. And people on that side, for the worse, are jumping to conclusions. We don't know what's going to happen if Aaron Rodgers is gone. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I, I can't get as excited as a lot of you. Jordan in Libertyville, you're on 670 of the score. What's up? It, hey, uh, so I liken like Rodgers leaving the division. Like when I was in junior high, there was an eighth grade bully that bullied me every day and made my life miserable. Mm-hmm. And then that kid left. And I knew I could walk around like seventh grade with a little bit of confidence. <laughs> I wasn't going to own the school or anything, but I knew like, hey, this guy's gone. And then I guess what I wanted to mention, too, with my biggest fear with um, Nagy is, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah. 
But in the movie, Mike Brady designs every house to look exactly like his. So my fear is that um, <laughs> that that's what's going to happen with you know, yeah. everything. That, that's a good design. That's a good analogy. And I'll go back to your first analogy. What if that bully's? What if that bully like graduated, but his little brother was like coming into your class and was bigger and was already bigger than you? You know what I mean? Would you feel? Would you have that confidence to walk around the playground, or would you probably think your your bully's little brother is not going to be your new bully, right? I, I was actually nervous that the kid wasn't going to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. That, that's a solid analogy. Both of those were solid analogy. I'm big on it. If you didn't hear mine before, I said you, when you bite into an apple and it's really sweet, you don't think about how that apple got perfect and sweet, how that tree got there, but it started with a seed and it took the right soil, the right sunlight, water, fertilizer, a farmer. It takes a lot. And the same thing goes for quarterbacks. You can start with the best seed, but if you got if you got none of the other stuff, it it doesn't matter. I got a text here from the eight one five. Get this Packers fan off here. I'm not a Packers fan. Yes, you are. Come Born on. and raised in Chicago, man. Come on. I'm just working behind the cheese curtain. I'm doing recon, guys. I'm gathering intelligence, bringing it back. Don't tell them what's going on here. Another text. This is from the two two four. Nagy wasn't there when they drafted Mitch. No, but he was hired with the explicit mission of getting the most out of Mitch Trubisky. Then what do you do? You try to pound a, a square peg through a round hole. There's no defending Matt Nagy's handling of Mitch Trubisky. You hope he learned his lesson and does better with the next guy that he gets, but there's no defending Matt Nagy's handling of Mitch Trubisky, and, and you can't tell me that they got the most out of him. The most out of him probably wasn't good, but you can't tell me they got the most out of him. You can't. Brian in Park Ridge. You're on with Rami Makhlouf, 670 score. What's up, Brian? Yeah, I was uh, reluctant to let Pace choose our next quarterback. But as long as they went ahead with it, we've got to put our faith that Nagy, who knew what he was doing with Mahomes before Kansas City drafted him and then did a pretty good job with him and knew it, we've just got to hope that uh, with the talent and with the quarterback uh, coming in, we've got a better line, and we've got to believe that Nagy will be able to develop. As far as the Packers go, for 20 years, every game we've played against them, we feel like they had a better quarterback. For us to beat them, we had to overcome it with our defense or just play harder, create turnovers. I think finally, if Aaron Rodgers does leave Green Bay, we will not have to worry as much about Jordan Love. And we'll be more excited about what we're presenting with Justin Fields. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And there are going to be growing pains from Jordan Love. I'm not saying he's going to come out of the gates and be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wasn't as good as Brett Favre when he first got that job. Turned out to be better. And he turned out to be better because the Packers put him in a position and in a situation to succeed and to be better. The Bears are, according to Jim McMahon and a lot of other people, where quarterbacks go to die. And this goes back decades. Both of these go back decades. The Packers' track record with quarterbacks and the Bears' track record with quarterbacks goes back decades. And you can tell me that this GM and this coach in both situations had nothing to do with that, but there's something to it, man. There's got to be something to it. Just has to be. I'm going to talk about this uh, with our guy Lester Wiltfong from 
Windy City Gridiron. He's going to join me right after this. Then we're going to get to some White Sox talk at the top of the hour. I know everybody's had thoughts on Tony La Russa and why should I be different. But more Bears talk right after this on 670 The Score. Hot damn! This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. It's just the combination of factors that he has. You know, it's the, it's the arm talent. It's the accuracy. It's the athleticism. When you see a guy with that kind of arm talent, with that kind of quarterback makeup that he has, with that kind of work ethic that's played in really big games and really big moments and performed in big moments, that's extremely tough. You know, I was at the Michigan game a couple of years ago when he came back in from a knee, and we, and we know about the ribs and the hip. And I mean, this guy's toughness on a scale one to 10 is an 11. Oh, and then by the way, he runs a 4-4-4. So you throw that all in together, and it, it, just, it just feels good. There's Braves General Manager Ryan Pace. Rami Makhlouf with you on a Sunday afternoon on 670 to score, taking you right up to Cubs Cardinals. 5.30 pregame, 6.08 first pitch right here on your home for Cubs baseball. 670 to score and your Odyssey app. Joining me now to talk about Ryan Pace, Justin Fields, and the rest of the Chicago Bears. You find his work at WindyCityGridiron.com. Pleasure to welcome in Lester Wiltfong. Lester, how are you, how are you this afternoon, my man? Doing good. How about you? Doing good, man. Well, I, I I don't think I'm doing as good as as most Bears fans. I don't know. I don't know if you caught the conversation be, before the break before we brought you on, but I I love just I love Justin Fields. I love what I saw from him at the college level, and and I I had high expectations for him when when he was coming into the NFL draft. I just don't have I don't have that type of confidence in in Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to get the most out of him. And I think even even the best quarterback prospects can be broken or at least held back if they don't have the the culture and, and the environment and the situation to succeed in. Is this is this a warranted fear I have when it comes to no, Justin I mean, Fields entering the Bears organization? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. I mean, like, with me going into the draft, you know, I, I did not trust Ryan Pace to be the guy making the call. But everything we heard leading up to the draft was that this is basically Matt Nagy's baby. So, I mean, if Matt Nagy was the guy leading this charge, if he was the guy that feels Justin Fields was the, was the man in this draft, I feel a little better, better about what's going on here. And then you can't really compare the situation to what the Bears had with Trubisky because, I mean, the, those are two different prospects coming out. I mean, Nagy did what he could with Mitch, but ultimately, you know, Mitch proved that he just – he wasn't able to take that next step as a player. He had a pretty good 20, 2018, but he couldn't build off that. Is it partly Nagy? It's possible, but I think that we're going to find out that Matt Nagy, you know, he may not be the quarterback guru that everyone said he was, but I think he's a pretty good, pretty good coach. And, and, and okay, make me feel better then, Lester, because, because <laughs> I, I, I on some level disagree with you. I, I don't think that Mitch Trubisky was ever going to be Watson or Mahomes. And, and pro- there probably wasn't much more to get out of him, but I do think that there was more to get out of him. And I think what held him back was, was Matt Nagy asking him, to do things he wasn't good at and then not asking yeah. him to do the things that he was good at and trying to pound a square peg through a round hole. Now, Justin Fields does a lot more things well than Mitch Trubisky, but we know one of his major strengths, you heard Ryan Pace say it right there, a 4-4-4-40 and that athleticism and the speed and what he can do on the fly and improvising when things go wrong. Is Matt Nagy going to let him do that or is he going to try and, and hold him back and pound the square peg through the round hole again with Justin Fields? Well, Justin Fields is first and foremost, he's a pocket passer. For sure. That's, yeah, that's, absolutely. I mean, that's, what he, that's what he wants to be. So, I mean, if, if, if there are some, a few designed runs, I'm sure that's going to be you know, a big part of the game plan as well. You know, but, you know, when you hear Nagy talk, he wanted Mitch to run more. 
you know, Mitch, for whatever reason, I mean, I'm not going to say it was fear because there were some injuries that happened to him on, on the run, but maybe that was in the back of his mind and he just didn't want to run as much as he wanted to because he was a pretty athletic quarterback. So you would hope that would have been part of his game. I think with Justin Fields, I think that is going to be what, he, what he's asked to do a little bit more here in Chicago. But again, you know, you're going back to Mitch and, and, and asking him to do certain things. I think Nagy knew that he couldn't win a championship with just running a basic boot fight offense. This is kind of what Bears did uh, uh, last year for, the, for the, the, the last part of the season. And he was okay in it. The Bears played some bad teams. But at some point, you got to win from the pocket. you got to make the correct reads. And for whatever reason, Mitch wasn't able to take that game and, and, and go to the next level and make those plays. Talking with Lester Wiltfong, editor-in-chief for WindyCityGridiron.com here. Rami Makloff with you on 670 The Score on a Sunday afternoon. When, when do you think we, we see Justin Fields? The company line right now is when he's ready, he'll get in there. Andy Dalton is our starting quarterback. Does that last through training camp, through OTAs? When exactly do you think they pull that trigger? I mean, I think the talent's going to show at some point where they're going to have no choice but to pull the trigger because, I mean, I mean if you look at on paper what, what Andy Dalton has done in, in, in his career, He's been a successful NFL quarterback, but also he's towards the end of his career. I think at some point, Justin Fields is going to show the coaches, uh, the, the players, the scouts, everyone, that he should be the starter. And I think at that point, whether, whether it's the best thing for, for the team as a whole, I mean, if the Bears are, are 4-0 and is with Dalton, but Justin Fields is just showing he's the man in practice, mm-hmm. the players will know that. I think you have to make the, make the move once, once the player shows he's ready. And I think it's Again, I, I'm not sure as far as the actual timetable, but once it's ready, everyone will know, and then and the move will be made. If he doesn't win the job in training camp, can he? W- and and let's say the scenario you just laid out: Bears are four zero, and Andy Dalton is 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 serviceable or even even above serviceable and maybe good through four weeks. Can Justin Fields show him enough in practice to take the job from Andy Dalton? Do, will will he get enough reps as the backup? I guess is what I'm asking to to take that job or. If he gets this, if he gets the job midseason, is it just because everything crashed and burned and, and they're and they're going to their guy? I hope it's not the case that it's that, that they're going because like we, we kind of saw that that play with Mitch Trubisky. You know, Mitch when he was a rookie, the plan was for him to sit. You know, he didn't have you know the the, the, the same resume that Fields did. You know, he was really limited what he did at, at, at North Carolina. So I think with Mike Glennon sucking as bad as he did, <laughs> they had to make that move to Mitch. I mean, that just it had to happen whether he was ready or not. That was the right, right move at that time. I think in this instance, it should be a little different because I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be quite to the level of, of Mike Lennon bad. So, I, I think, again, I think at some point, you know, he's going to show it. I mean, I mean, once the players know, hey, man, you know, Fields is the guy. He shows it in practice. He's clearly the better, the better player here. He gives us the best chance moving forward. At that point, they'll, they'll be forced to make the move. Talking with Lester Wiltfong from WindyCityGridiron.com here on 670 The Score. What about the, the other guy they traded up to get in Tevin Jenkins? How NFL-ready do you think that, that he is? And, and it looks like they're, they're going to try and plug and play him at left tackle, even though he yeah. played right tackle most of his college days. You know, I love the pick. I, you know, I, I thought Jenkins was the guy that the Bears could have gotten in the first round, and, and that would have been fine with me at 20. Mm-hmm. The fact that they got him in round two is great to me. Um, I'm a little, um, I'm a little apprehensive with them making the move to left tackle. I thought he was, he was a perfect fit at right tackle. That's where most of his experience has been, like you said. Uh, but again, he, he's a good athlete. He, he's 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 really strong. You know, he has the experience. You know, at at that high level of of tackle. So moving over to the left side, if that's the plan, let him do it and never go back to the right. You know, let him work all offseason at left tackle. You know, if he's the guy, you know, put him. You know, like you said, plug and play. Put him there. Let him learn and grow at that role. I think he'll be fine. He'll have some growing pains like, like all rookies do, 
but I think he's going to be a guy that could be there for the next 10 years. We saw this offensive line as a whole go through growing pains last year and, and sort of a, a figuring out period when guys were going down with injuries and they were just trying to find healthy bodies to put up there and, and they found a, a very healthy and capable body in Sam Mustafer. And that, that seems to have answered a couple of questions. The interior line seems to be set. If everyone stays healthy, how much of an upgrade is this Bears offensive line with what they discovered last year along with adding Tevin Jenkins this offseason in the draft? Like you said, I think the key is health. I mean, if, if, the, if the five guys the Bears have up front are able to play and learn and grow together, that's the best thing for the Bears. If there's a bunch of injuries, you know, you have guys grow up playing places where they're not used to playing, that's when you have your issues. But like you said, with Sam Mustfer, you know, the Bears are high on him. You know, he, he had some issues last year. I mean, he, he's not the strongest at the point of attack. He had, you know, I think this is a big offseason for him, you know, but he has all the intangibles. He has leadership. He has, he has the IQ, obviously. You know, I think if he can really lock down the center spot for the, for the entire uh, – for, for the Bears here, that'll help the entire O-line, you know, have that, have that continuity. And, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to be one of the best lines in, in the NFL, but they'll be a lot better than what they showed last year. Lester, I feel like their their biggest addition on defense was not anybody who's going to run out onto the field, but the guy who they hired to to coach those guys that are going to run out yep. onto the field and promoting Sean Desai. And and they they let Kyle they well they cut Kyle Fuller or, or waived him this off season yeah. for for salary cap reasons. Can we really expect Sean Desai to 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 squeeze so much more juice out of the lemon that he not only can get what they got out of the Bears defense last year, but even more with, with a guy like Kyle Fuller now out of the picture? Chef Pagano was more of a, of a press man guy. With, with, with Vic Fangio, yeah, he did some, some man principles, but he did more zone than what we, than what we saw as Bears fans the last couple years under Pagano. So I think going back to that kind of a scheme, it's more of an aggressive scheme. I think that may be a big benefit for, for what the Bears are doing. You know, losing Fuller is going to be a big blow. I mean, this guy, you know, he, he's a, a, a former all-pro. You know, he plays at a very high level. And right now they have uh, 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 Desmond Trufant, you know, penciled at that spot there, and I'm not really high on him. But, but again, he, he should be a better fit, you know, for what the Bears are doing with, with less man stuff. So maybe, you know, the Bears can kind of, you know, you know throw things back and look a little closer to what they did, you know, in Vicks last year in, in, in 2018. Much of the conversation that we were having, and, and, and I think the Bears and their quarterback situation is, is it, 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 it goes hand in hand with this, and, and the whole division really kind of goes hand in hand in this. Everybody has an eye up north in Green Bay, and, and I host a weekday show uh, up there at 1250 AM, The Fan, and, and what's going on with Aaron Rodgers if he is out in Green Bay. I feel like a lot of people are jumping to conclusions about what that does to the landscape of, of, of this division, both as a whole and, and at the quarterback position. And, and I, I told people to pump their brakes a little bit. The Packers, not to say that it's a given that Jordan Love will pan out, but the Packers have a little bit of history in, ter- in terms of coaching up quarterbacks to, to get the most out of them and putting them in, in positions to get the most out of them. And I think Aaron Rodgers is not as much the one-man show that people make it out to be up there in Green Bay. That's a good football team that he has around him. What do you think the NFC North looks like if the, the Packers give in to Aaron Rodgers and, and give him what he wants and, and trade him elsewhere? Well, I mean, if, if Rodgers is gone, I mean, that really changes everything up there in the North. But I think right now, you know, I think Jordan Love's kind of a big unknown. I mean, the Packers are bringing in a lot of quarterbacks kind of, you know, just to be on the safe side here. Um, I, I don't see them trading Rodgers. I just think that, you know, they'll figure something out here. But, you know, if, like I said, if Rodgers is gone, though, you know, the Packers are no longer the, the top class of that division. That opens things up. But the Vikings are going to be real, real, real good this year again as well, though, too. I mean, you look at what the Vikings have done in the draft. You know, they have some free agency moves. 
you know, they're always kind of right there. And with, you know, the, the records of the last few years, they kind of go up and down. And if you look at the, what the trend is, this is their up year. I like that we just don't even acknowledge the Lions. Like they're not even no, in the yeah, 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 it's just a line, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like they're not even here. They're not, they're not even in the room. But I, I would say Lester and, and call me crazy and, and maybe I, I am a lifelong Bears fan, but I'm up there in 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 the Packer bubble and and get and, and getting all the propaganda. I still think that Packers team is is formidable. Obviously, not as good yeah. if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, but I still think that Packers team is formidable. And whether it's Jordan Love or any whoever they put under center, I think that guy is going to have a, a real good chance to 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 be the best player and the best quarterback that he can. Be. And for that team to win nine, ten, if not more games, even without Aaron Rodgers, is that crazy? No, I mean it's it's just the scheme. I mean, part of it is the scheme. I see a guy like Jordan Love. Again, we talk about how how that boot slide scheme is is, is really successful in the NFL, and a guy like Aaron Rodgers took it to a whole different level. But if a guy like Jordan Love can kind of come in and kind of just keep the status quo on offense, and then they have some playmakers in Jones, you know, that in Adams, you know, they have guys in, on, on defense that are really good. So, you know, even if 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 Rodgers is gone, which, you know, as a Bears fan, I think that's something that we all hope happens. But I think Jordan Love will be good enough to keep him afloat in the playoff race. What are we going to find out here in, in OTAs that, that start in a couple of weeks? They were supposed to have a few practices this week, but they, they changed the whole schedule. What, what, do you expect, what do you think we find out here in the early OTAs, or is it too early to really answer any questions? Yeah, I think it's kind of early. Plus, you know, there, there won't be much coverage at all going on there. I mean, there'll be some stuff in the beat, guys. You know, they'll be, they'll be, you know, have some. They'll, they'll sneak as much info as they can to the fans and stuff. But, you know, the Bears are running a really tight ship. There won't be too much information put out there. You know, but one thing we will hear, we'll hear a lot of Justin Fields talk because that's going to be the talk of the entire offseason. You guys are just going to have your, all all poking your eyes through knot holes <laughs> in the fence to see Justin Fields oh. deep ball, and if, <laughs> if it's I mean, as pretty all, as they I mean, say. That, I mean, they they have the uh, the 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 new video policy. You know, the the guys can yep. put a video off for 24 hours and it has to go. So, you know, we'll all be watching for that. We'll break down every piece of tape they, that, that that they have out there on Twitter. So it, it'll be there. That's Lester Wiltfong. You can uh, find his work at WindyCityGridiron.com. Follow him on Twitter at WiltfongJr.com or at at Wiltfong Jr. I'm sorry on Twitter. And my guest for the last few minutes here on a uh, six seven score. Really appreciate the time, Lester. Great stuff, man. Thank you. Anytime. Have a good one. And he joins me on the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Uh, Mike, did Tony LaRusa blow another one? I got yeah, people in the well, text line saying Tony LaRusa blew another one. I, just, I only saw the final. I, I'm hosting a radio show, right. so I'm not, I'm not watching the game. I just see a 5 4 final sure. Yankees over the White. Did Tony LaRusa blow another one? You want to tell us about well, it? Well, here's After- a little teaser. We, okay. we can get into it at the top of the hour. Yeah. How do you feel about closers not coming into the game in the ninth inning when it's tied? Well, he didn't put the closer on second, right? Well, no, he didn't okay. do that. Well, progress. Baby steps, Mike. You can't ask him to figure everything out right away, can you? Including these unwritten rules. It's all an ever ever shifting landscape in Major League Baseball. And Tony Larusa just can't keep up with it all. We'll talk about all of that right after this. Rami Makloff with you on six seventy the score on a Sunday afternoon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.